I'm not going to say that this has never been done before, but I'm pretty sure that not too many people interview their own dads. Welcome to Your Social Anxiety Bestie, the show about showing up, even when we're scared. I'm Sadie, and I'm here to share the truth about what it's like to live with social anxiety disorder. I was diagnosed with severe social anxiety and perfectionism in 2018, and since then I've been nerding out on all things anxiety and healing. My goal is to help you feel less alone and give you tips to face your own social fears, wherever you are on your journey. I hope today's episode reminds you that even though social anxiety is lonely, you are not alone. Let's jump in. I'm interviewing my dad today. I teased it on my pot on my Instagram a little bit that I was interviewing someone from my family to talk about social anxiety from the perspective of family dynamics, social anxiety through generations. And I put up a, um, a quiz asking you guys to guess who I was talking about or who I was going to be interviewing. And the options I put up were my mother-in-law, my dad, my husband, and my brother. Everybody guessed my husband because I've talked about him a little bit more. But actually, we're going to be talking to my dad. And the reason I wanted to talk to my dad is that one, he's awesome. <laughs> and two, um, he's probably, not probably, he has been a lifelong supporter of everything that I've done, including my mental health journey, even though for a lot of it, he didn't know I was on a mental health journey because I didn't know I was on a mental health journey because my awareness of mental health as a thing has grown over the years. And when I was in high school struggling with social anxiety, I didn't know I was struggling with social anxiety. So of course, neither did he. Um, and as you will probably hear, he's a little bit hard on himself about how supportive he was, but he has been way more supportive of my mental health journey than he will ever give himself credit for. He's also amazingly open and willing to discuss mental health, not just with me, but with you guys too. And having talked to a few of you guys, I know that that is unusual. Not everyone's parents are open to this kind of conversation. And I don't, I don't even just mean having the conversation, but hearing about their kids' mental health struggles. So I feel extremely lucky and privileged and loved. And I wanna share my awesome dad with you. And hopefully this conversation maybe can inspire or spark some conversations in your own life. But if not, at least let you know that if you're getting pushback in your life from your family members, that is not the whole truth and not everybody necessarily thinks that way. So when I was a teen with severe social anxiety, none of us knew what social anxiety was. We knew the word shy, which I think is the case for a lot of people. We knew that most kids grow out of it, although that's not also not true. Um, yeah, and now I'm an adult with a social anxiety podcast, and I have a son who is experiencing social anxiety at school, so it feels a little bit full circle, and I thought that would be an awesome opportunity to bring my dad on and just talk about social anxiety from the perspective of a family. So my dad is a technical writer. His name is Tim. He's a technical writer and an instructional designer. Um, I call him, I can't remember what I called him, but something like a fitness cyborg. He's into cycling and swimming and skating, cross-country skiing, long walks. And he's also recently gotten into painting, abstract painting. And he has a photography business with my stepmom, which we will talk about a little bit later. So without 
further ado, this has been a lot of ado. Hi, Dad. Hi, Sadie. Thank <laughs> you very much for that introduction. That was really awesome. And I'm really touched by the words that you said. Well, I'm, I mean, uh, I'm really glad to be, uh, I'm glad to have this opportunity. I've never been interviewed or talked about mental health openly with anyone, not that I don't want to, but there hasn't been an opportunity. But I've learned so much. Like I've listened to every one of your podcasts. Never thought that I would actually be on one of them. <laughs> and I've learned probably everything I know about mental health and social anxiety comes from what you've uh, taught me through your podcast and uh, through the journey that you're going on. And so I'm really glad to have an opportunity to talk to you and uh, your listeners. And maybe we can learn some more along the way. So the big question, number one, do you experience social anxiety? Do you consider yourself shy and or introverted? Uh, yeah, like in certain situations, um, like this one, you're going to be very familiar with. It's like answering the phone. Yeah. I, uh, I really don't like doing that unless I know that it's coming and who it is and, and what it's all about. So yeah. I, I screen my calls, I let it go, and then I listen to the voicemail and decide when and where and how I'm going to call back. And I got to be prepared. I, I guess I hate surprises. And yeah. I'm always afraid that somebody is going to spring something on me on the phone. They probably never do. It's just a, uh, a fear that I have, I guess. Um, when we were growing up, we had the dial telephone hanging on the wall. Um, there was no caller ID. Uh, there was no voicemail even. So the phone rang, you answered it. So you would think that I would be used to doing that. But I guess over the years, um, I just had developed this aversion to picking up the phone and even making an outgoing call unless I really have to. So, and I've yeah. heard you talk about this on your other podcast. So yeah, uh, you're not the only one. <laughs> no, that, that phone anxiety episode has gotten a lot of listens. Like it's one of my most listened episodes. Phone anxiety yeah. is super common. So I think just the fact that you are willing to say, yeah, I screen my calls. Like, I think that'll be validating for a lot of people. Yeah, well, the fact that you can now so easily. Um, mm. So, you know, I mean, maybe that's a cop out, but I do it. And it's uh, <laughs> just the way I, I work. Another area is also something that I, I think that you have talked about uh, in the past is being at large gatherings, um, like mm. walking into a room full of people for some yeah. kind of a social event. That is something that I will do everything I can to avoid. Uh, mm. And it's interesting, like when I walk in, when I walk into these rooms full of people, everybody's in conversation with someone else. And I'm standing there thinking, how did all those conversations get started? <laughs> they don't even know each other. And it's like everybody's been pals for their whole life. And, I know. Yeah, I just have the difficulty walking up to somebody and initiating small talk. Inserting yourself into a conversation? Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, stay as long as I need to and exit as soon as I'm able to. Yeah. I Do you find work on, but... if you stay in the situation, does it get better or do, do you stay anxious the whole time? No, it's it, it just stays at a very high level in the red zone until I'm oh, wow. out of that. Environment. Well, yeah, once in a while, somebody might come to me and initiate a conversation. So I'm not standing there alone looking like, <laughs> like a wallflower and uh, and once that's happening and that conversation is going on, that's fine, you know, but then, uh, mm. then you got to move on to the next person because no one stays in a conversation long in an environment like that. Yeah. It's that chit chat and networking that 
it's really valuable to do, but it's also a skill. And uh, yeah, one I never developed. Yeah, and I wonder how many people are secretly feeling the same way in that situation. Yeah, I mean, I know there's people that thrive in those environments, mm -hmm. but there's also people who don't. I often wonder, um, like I find myself thinking a lot about the difference between social anxiety and being an introvert. And like, would all introverts feel anxiety in that situation? Or is that a purely social anxiety thing? Yeah, I think that, uh, well, I guess you could say not like not all introverts have social anxiety mm -hmm. and not everybody with social anxiety is an introvert. Yeah. Because there are people like who are introverts and you would never know it. You would think they're an extrovert. I've seen people like that and they, and they would say, oh, I'm an introvert. Because like introversion and extroversion, I guess, is just where you get your energy from. Do you get your energy from being alone or being around other people? It's, uh, it's not the fact that you're shy or, or nervous or anything. It's, as you said, it's how you recharge. Like, I need to get out of that room and alone. So yes. I can get my energy back. Like when I'm by myself, that's like when my phone is plugged into the wall and charging. That's, I'm charging up. And when yeah, I'm exactly. out in with people, not that that happens right now a lot, but... That's when my phone is unplugged. <laughs> I'm unplugged and, and I'm battery, running on battery. Battery drains. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Okay. Um, number two is, were you surprised when you found out that I had been diagnosed with social anxiety? Yes. Um, well, first of all, because I didn't know what social anxiety yeah. was. And then uh, as, as we learned more about this through your therapy and your podcast, um, Wishing that I, wishing that I had this knowledge back. You feel a bit of guilt as a parent when your child is struggling and you can't help or you didn't help. But now I understand that, you know, we didn't know. Yeah. You didn't know what it was, so, and I didn't know what it was. So how could we, how could yeah. we deal with that? But I, you know, I didn't know that there were ways to deal with this, that there were treatments, and it's. Uh, I'm really very impressed with how you took the initiative and learned about this found treatments for it and then decided to share what you learned with others who are going through the same thing and probably don't know where to turn so oh, this thank is a, you. a really valuable service that you are offering to people thank you and, i hope uh, so yeah oh i'm i'm very proud of what you've done and thank I'm, you i'm sure that people are benefiting from from you sharing this knowledge I really hope so. I try to think about what would teenage Sadie have wanted to listen, like have wanted to hear in a podcast or something. If you had turned on a podcast when you were like 14 or 15 years old and heard somebody talking about stuff that you're talking about now, it probably would made a huge difference. Yeah, I, I wonder. And I think about that when I think about James, my son, who's six now, obviously, you know, James. Um, but like you said, you felt guilt not knowing. And I still feel guilt knowing. Like I, I'm seeing signs of social anxiety at school. Um, like he struggles to participate in class. There's there's a language component because of, you know, he's going to French school. So the language barrier, I think, is inhibiting him a little bit more. But he is showing signs of being afraid of speaking up in a group, being afraid of joining in the group. And even though I know about social anxiety and we're working with someone to help him, there's still a lot of guilt there. Like, am I doing enough? Is it really social anxiety? Am I, did I give it to him or am I the perfect person to help him? Like there's like, I don't think you ever don't worry or feel guilty as a parent. 
No, you're right. But, <laughs> but he's really fortunate to have you as a parent because you know what he's going through, even if you're not able to change things for him, at least you know what he's going through. You can help him deal with it in, in ways that I never could help you deal with it. Um, wow. The outcome may or may not be any different, but at least you've got tools now that I never had. And so uh, like, he's very fortunate. And I'm yeah. sure that the journey he's on is going to be different from the one you were on. He's going to benefit from all of your knowledge. And I hope so. Your experience. You feel like you, as a parent, you should be able to do everything for your kids. Yeah. Yeah. You see them struggling with anything and you can't or didn't help. And, you know, there's just that little feeling inside. Yeah. That you have done more. That's probably but an inherent uh, part of it. It's important to talk. I mean, this is what that Bell Let's Talk Day is mm. all about. Um, people weren't talking about this even when you were a teenager. This yeah. is a pretty recent thing, like the stigma around mental health. Yeah. That's got to go, and it is going. And the more you talk about it, the more you can have these kind of conversations and yeah. learn from each other bring it out into the open and uh, start dealing with it. And pretty soon we're going to have to have a bell that's act day because mm. all the talking that's right. is being done, right? But now it's time to go to the next step and start doing things to help people deal with what is uh, yeah. being talked about. Exactly. Like how can we, what programs are needed? What action is needed to take it to the next level? That's a really good well, point. Yeah. Bell, let's act. I like that. Maybe that'll happen. That started with you. <laughs> Remember that. Yeah. All right, what puzzles you about social anxiety? What's the hardest thing to understand either now or thinking back? And that can apply to as a parent or just yourself from any, any perspective you wanna take that question from. Um, well, right now, I think even with what I now know about social anxiety and uh, mental health, I, uh, I wonder how much of it is inherited, mm. much of it is the environment. Um, is it a mix of both? Yeah. And you know, since you started this public this mental health journey, um, I've learned a lot about social anxiety, but I don't know what triggers it. Like, why do some people have it yeah. and not others? Like, is, there must be a component that you're born with. Like and a there must be environmental factors that trigger things. Um, but that puzzles me. I don't know the answers to these things. That, that, to me, that's yeah. a puzzle. I, I find that puzzling too. And we did talk about it a little bit in my therapy program. And I don't remember there being a clear answer, but that it can be a combination of things like a cocktail and that like, there's no perfect recipe for social anxiety because it's on a spectrum yeah. um, and it can change throughout a person's life. So, but yeah, it is puzzling, especially for people who are social people who like to interact with people. That is the yeah. most puzzling thing to me, like that you can enjoy socializing with people like I do, but it's terrifying and draining and a constant struggle. Like that doesn't make any sense to me, but. It's a real paradox. Yeah. In the end though, I guess it doesn't really matter why you are the way you are because mm. you are the way you are. It doesn't really matter if it's environmental or genetic. That's not going to change anything. You have to That's recognize true. it in terms of how to deal with it. Actually, that is also a very good point because in, in the CBT programs that like I did the social anxiety CBT, I'm doing perfectionism CBT. They don't focus on why they don't go to the roots. They don't look at where it came from or the events of your life that led up to it. They just deal with what's going on now, the symptoms that you're dealing with now and how can you deal with them? There's other yeah. kinds of therapy to dig at the roots of things. 
Yeah, I mean, you can only uh, work on the things that you can control. So you, you yeah. can't control what's already happened to you. It's done. Yeah. Uh, you got to deal with now. Exactly. All right. Well, we kind of touched on four a little bit, but what's the hardest part about seeing your child experience social anxiety or parenting a teen with social anxiety? Well, um, as I said earlier, I think it's just uh, the hardest part was just not being there to help you deal with it. Mm. Um, wish I had the knowledge and the tools that, that you have now to help James. Um, yeah. That would have been good. I mean, and also, you know, like, I think everybody ha has some mental health issues, whether they're yeah. large or small, everybody, nobody's immune to this. And uh, it usually comes from some sort of a trauma in your life. Mm. Um, and a lot of the therapy is that it tries to deal with whatever that trauma was and how to move forward from there. So I just wondered like, what was the trauma in mm. your life? And was it something that I could have helped you avoid? Was it something I did? Um, mm. I don't know. Again, you can't focus on the past, but yeah. when I think about it, when you ask a question like that, that that would that was the hardest thing is just learning that this was going on the whole time and no mm. one knew. Yeah, that I mean that would be really hard for me. Like with James, for example, I'm I'm looking at social anxiety now because I'm seeing red flags. But if 20 years from now I find out that it was something completely different that I missed, I would have all those same feelings that you're having. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it is. I mean, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or a bad parent. It's just uh, it's, it's just the way a parent feels. Feeling. It's, you, you want to protect your children. And if, yeah, you can't do that. And you feel like you haven't done your job. Yeah. And that's I still struggle with that as a mom. Like, what does it mean to be a good enough mom or a good enough parent when you don't know everything and you can't know everything? It's a that's a big yeah. question. <laughs> well, from what I've seen, you are an excellent parent to Jane mm -hmm. and Olivia. So just keep doing what you're doing. Well, thank you. We'll, we'll ask them in 20 years if they think so. <laughs> sure they will. All right. The last one is, can you think of any tips or advice for parents and their teens or their adult children to talk about mental health? If they wanted to have maybe not this kind of conversation, but something like this. Yeah, well, I think it's uh, there's a few things that we already touched on. Um, listening i think if you're going to make a list put at the very top of it is to listen because mm. everyone has on a journey has a story to tell and the problem is that um, there often isn't a really safe space to tell that story and we, we talked about that earlier if you have one person you feel safe with you're very yeah. fortunate um but but be if you're a parent be that safe person for your child and listen mm. if they have a story to tell don't judge them and don't shut them down or criticize them. Yeah. You can learn a lot by listening to what people are telling you. It's something that society is uh, having a lot of problems with lately is listening. Everybody listening. wants to say something, but uh, listening is way more important. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Um, watching mm. as well as listening, but you, you know, watch your child's behaviors and uh, see if you can detect anything that's changed that looks different. Um, is it, no, maybe they're not going through a phase. Maybe there's something that mm -hmm. you need to be aware of. Um, and so just watch it. You don't have to move in right away and start trying to change their world, but just watch. And mm -hmm. You can learn a lot from watching 
and just let your child know that they're not alone. And that's again, back to your tagline. Yeah. Be there. So, you know, listen and support and be there. I love and, that. Uh, and I guess the final tip I would say is um, act like Alex Act Day. Um, mm. Learn, learn about if you think that your child is uh, dealing with a mental health issue, start learning about it. There is so much information out there. Yeah. On the internet, on good information on mental health and social anxiety and every kind of disorder that's happening mm -hmm. out there. Um, there. There's no reason to be uninformed today. Uh, there might have been 20 years ago before the yeah. internet. There, there's no reason to be uninformed. So, so try and educate yourself and um, listen to podcasts like yours. Mm. You can learn a lot. I love that. And that is, is kind of how it's gone. Like if you're currently a parent to a young child and you think that they might have social anxiety, how it went down with my son is that you know, he's in the second year of kindergarten now. And we've just kept in touch with his teachers. And this year I sent a couple of emails expressing concern and saying like, I feel like it's not getting better. I'm not sure we're supporting him as best we can at home, but he's struggling. Like he's crying before school. He's crying before sleeping. Like, is there something more we can do? And then that's when they referred us to somebody who specializes in this, in anxiety for children at the school. So sometimes there's resources that you might not even know about. Um, yeah. that, that's amazing that there are those resources. Today. Yeah. Like, when, like 50 years ago or whatever, 60 years ago, when I was in kindergarten, there was no resources like that. No. If I didn't like it, I would just be told, go back to school and behave yourself. Yeah. It just wasn't the knowledge or the awareness or the resources. And so people just made their way through it somehow. And, yeah. Muddled through. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, of, it's uh, a good time. It's a good time for mental health right now, I think. It is. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to tell you guys a little bit about what my dad does in his photography. He and my stepmom have a photography business and I'm not going to try to <laughs> explain it because I know he can explain it better than I can, but we have a super special collab slash offer that we're doing for listeners. Um, but first, do you want to tell us a little bit about your photography business, about Marmot Creations? Yeah. Sure. yeah. Um, well, Marion and I um, both have a passion for photography. And we also have a passion for traveling and, and being outside and doing outdoor activities, like all of the activities that we do together, like running and swimming and cycling and skiing mm. and snowshoeing, all those things. And we've always got our camera with us and we're always capturing these moments. And um, we wanted to start sharing these with the rest of the world. And so we set mm -hmm. up a business called Marmot Creations. Uh, the M-A-R is the first three letters of Marion name and the MIT is my name backwards. So Which is adorable. There's the Marmot Creations. And it started out with just, uh, we made greeting cards, mm. uh, original photographs on greeting card stock, uh, quite unique. People love them. Yeah, I love them. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're great. And they're like half the price of a Hallmark card. And, uh, mm. you know, they're, they're a lot more special if you're sending it to somebody. Yeah. So we offer those. That's our that's our signature product. But we also have a whole line of other products that uh, we put our photographs on, like clothing and coasters and slate frames and uh, placemats and towels and all kinds of things. Yeah, face masks, right? Face masks. Yep, those are popular right now. So you can go to our site, pick your favorite uh, photo from our gallery, and uh, pick the product you want to put it on. 
and we'll take care of the rest. So um, that's what we do right now. But for this uh, particular episode of the podcast, we've got a special deal, a special card. It's yes. one that you picked. Yes. And it's the Wakefield Covered Bridge, uh, for people who don't know that uh, you grew up in Wakefield, Quebec. I did. Which is uh, in the Gatineau Hills, north of Ottawa, capital of Canada. And it's an iconic bridge. People come from all over to see this bridge. And uh, the photograph you chose for the card is the Wakefield Covered Bridge because of what it means to you. Mm-hmm. So um, the sale, 100% of the proceeds of the sale of these cards for your listeners is going to be, uh, we're going to make a donation to the World Federation for Mental Health. Yes, which is so amazing. So if you want to get a really cool greeting card and you want to make a donation to that organization, Sadie is going to provide information on her uh, social media platforms on, on how you can go ahead and order those. Yes, I love this collab. Thank you so much, Mike, for that. That's so generous to donate the proceeds oh, to the World Federation for Mental yeah. Health. Um, I'm going to have a link up on my website, the link, I'm going to put it in the show notes, but the, the link will be your social anxiety slash card. And it'll tell you how to purchase where to go, bring you to Marmot Creations website, which we will also give the link to that if you want to go directly there because they have amazing photography to check out. Um, and the first 10 people to purchase will get a little thank you note and card included from me. I made that last last week. I've been working on that. It's just a little thank you card um, because it means so much to me. Um, you know, this the purchase like purchasing this card supports a mental health organization. It supports my dad and stepmom's small business, and it just is wonderful. And the covered bridge has been a part of my whole life. Um, yeah. I think it had been burned down when I was very very young, but it got rebuilt. My brother was married there, and I think my best friend's dad was married there. Like I've been there so many times. I've taken the kids there. The, the photo itself is beautiful. You'll see it. So I hope you guys will check it out. Um, check out the link. And if you do purchase, let me know. Let me know what you think. Yeah, it's a, it's a really special card. It's, a, it's one of our favorite photographs. Yeah. And, uh, and we're really happy to, to put it into this collaboration and, and support yeah uh, organization and we we hope you enjoy it yeah i love that thank you so much for doing that all right are you ready for the lightning round lightning round okay let's go i mean you don't have to answer lightning fast you can answer it like at a normal speed (laughs) okay first question what is one way you manage your mental health well i'm going to tell you two yeah there there are two that i do every single day and they're so powerful that i don't want to just uh, tell people about one of them Okay. Uh, the first one is meditation. Ooh. And uh, I started, uh, this is pretty recent, like perhaps in the last couple of years. At the end of the workday, now that I don't have to uh, drive home to rush hour traffic, I mm. walk upstairs to my bedroom and I lie down for 30 minutes and meditate. Wow. With a guided meditation app. And I wake up from that and I feel like a whole new day has just begun and all the stress and everything from the. Wow. The What's the app? On. It's um, Insight. Oh, Insight Timer? Yeah. Yeah, right. I use that one too. Well, I got that from, I got it from you, actually. Oh, you did? Oh. <laughs> yeah, and I love it. Yeah, so, me too. Uh, and then I kind of get stuck on this this one. It, I've been listening to the same one every day for about two months now. And it's actually good because 
you know, it's a very familiar thing, you know, mm -hmm. you know what's coming and you go through this process and it's like the muscle memory, your body starts reacting to it in a certain yeah. way. And by the end of it, like I go in and out of trance and uh, by the end of it, I'm just totally refreshed. The other thing is running, which mm -hmm. I do probably three or four times a week to go out at lunchtime for a 10K run. And uh, no matter how I'm feeling before that run starts, by the time I'm done, like I'm just totally calm and relaxed. And uh, I often use that to, if I'm dealing with a problem at work and trying to figure out how to do something or whatever. And it's great thinking time. It's, it's like meditation. But Running longer. therapy. Yeah. I mean, you're a lifelong runner. You've done how many Boston marathons earlier in your career? Um, I've run the Boston marathon 16 times. Holy moly. I've run 49 marathons in total. See, I said at the beginning, you're a fitness cyborg. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when it works, you don't want to stop doing it. So. Well, you're, you're an example of how mental and physical fitness, mental fitness and physical fitness are kind of go hand in hand. Well, not kind of. Yeah, they definitely go hand in hand. And then the exercise is probably one of the best things you can do to deal with uh, a mental health issue. I mean, also yeah. something that requires medication and it's a very serious issue, but I'm just talking about day-to-day -day stress and, and low-level anxiety. Mm -hmm. Exercise works every time and that's been scientifically proven many times. Before. Yeah, that's awesome. So. All right, well, your next question is, what's the last book you read or the one you're reading now? Um, I just finished one about two weeks ago, and it's called Breath hmm. by James Nestor. I don't know that one. It is a fascinating look at, I mean, I could, when I first heard about this book, I thought, how can you write a, a whole book about breathing? <laughs> yeah. But it is, uh, you know, he, we, we don't, as humans, we don't breathe properly. Hmm. And he explains all this in the book in some detail. Goes into a lot of science behind all of this. Interesting. And it's led to all kinds of problems. Uh, he's got a whole section on anxiety and breathing, which you would find yeah. helpful and interesting. So I, I would highly recommend getting that book. And just even if you just read that section, it's it is fascinating. Okay, I'm going to add that. And it reads like a really uh, interesting novel. It's not like reading a, a textbook. So mm. it's, uh, it took a couple of days to get through that book. And, and at the back, we've got all these breathing exercises you can do to uh, calm your mind and reduce anxiety and uh, pick up your energy levels. So, so I've been wow. starting to work on that as well, putting that into my routine of things that I do. That is awesome. Okay, well, I'll definitely also include that one in the description. Okay. Yeah, that great. is so cool. All right, last question. What song or band lifts your mood? Well, um, you probably think I'm going to say Rolling Stones. I do. <laughs> because, uh, you spent your whole life listening to that band. Um, but I kind of, over the last couple of years, I've kind of uh, grown away from them. Not that mm. I don't love them anymore, but after like 30 years of listening to every single song they ever did, I, mm. I branched out. And, Whoa, That's fair. <laughs> but, but if I want to uh, pick my mood up, like I listen to somebody, some band like uh, Katrina and the Waves. Yeah, it's often like, my mood will determine what music I listen to. And then sometimes yeah. the music I'm listening to will determine my mood. So. Yes, me too. If I listen to sad music when I'm sad, it gets so much worse. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm plugged in all day to music while I'm working. Mm. And so I listen to a lot of different things, but if I need to pick up, can treat in the waves, walking on sunshine, that'll do it. Oh, 
okay okay yeah i recognize that song i didn't recognize the band name but yeah, well you, you probably know all of your stuff once you uh, okay yeah they're great all right well that's the end of our conversation thank you so much for well, having this great. chat taking the time to to spend with me and my besties i really appreciate it my pleasure i'm uh, I, i'm really uh, i really like listening to your podcast and i'm glad i had a chance to be on one of them now and yeah i hope they took something away from it that's going to help them yeah i think i think they will not not everyone's able to have these conversations with their parents like we said so thank you for showing up and just chatting with us that's all you got to do is show up and keep that's talking right. that's right yeah so thank you very all much right, nice. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, and I hope you found it helpful. Anxiety thrives on avoidance, and we can take back our power by just showing up like you did today. Remember that you are probably underestimating how strong and wonderful you are, and you're probably overestimating how perfect and put together other people are. So show up scared. Show up imperfect. Just show up. And while you're at it, come find me on Instagram at your social anxiety bestie so we can be awkward together.